Well, hey friends, welcome to Clutter Free Academy, where our goal is to help you take small doable steps to live every day with less clutter and more love. And I was about to call you the queen of clutter, but that's not really a compliment in this particular <laughs> setting. So I'll just say my clutter free friend, Tanya Kubo. It's Tanya Kubo. Hey, Kathy. Okay, so we have an interesting, this is one of our more, I would say, um, philosophical <laughs> episodes. And I'll tell you what got me thinking about this. So on Facebook, I love there's this little series that they've got where this guy it's on in reels. This guy stops people in the streets and says, Hey, how much do you pay for rent? It's in New York City. And, oh, okay. I mean, they've, they've said everything from $1,200 a month to $28,000 a month. I mean, mm -hmm. it, and he says, Hey, can I come see where you live? And they're all like, sure. And their houses are all spotless. And here's mm -hmm. how I know it's not a real man on the street. It is, <laughs> they have prearranged this or they've said, sure. And they come back three days later because it's not how people live. Nobody mm -hmm. lives that way. And I'm like, if, if my clutter free people saw this, and I think it's a fascinating series because I love to see how people have taken these like postage stamp size apartments that mm -hmm. would, I would feel bad if Moose lived in them and they've got three roommates mm -hmm. and like, I don't even understand how they do this. I think that's fascinating. But I also thought about, you know, how do you live like in such a tiny space mm -hmm. with, with or without clutter? How do you live in that? Or, and so what I started to think about is how all clutter is not created equal. Mm -hmm. That Tanya, you have very different clutter than I do. Mm -hmm. You've got kid clutter. Oh, so, so much kid clutter. <laughs> so much kid clutter. And let's be honest, you have four people living. How many square feet do you guys have? 1,200, but it's two bedrooms, one bath. Yeah. So let's just be honest. Now, I mean, we have a much bigger house, but we don't use all of our house most of the time. You know, we have mm -hmm. guest rooms because we do retreats and things like that. But I would say, let me just be honest. It's easier for me to keep my house decluttered than it is for you. You have to work mm -hmm. harder at it. Now, I also have events, though. I have events mm -hmm. in my life that are very cluttery. Like, we'll have people stay here for five days. You know, we'll have eight people mm -hmm. here for five days. That that produces a lot of clutter. We're not going to lie. Um, we do, you know, big event kind of things. That produces a lot of clutter. But it's different kinds of clutter. So I want to talk about um, what kind of clutter are you dealing with? Is it your house? Is it your heart or your head? Because all of those things are contributing factors. And never does anybody have clutter that is just one kind. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we just want to make sure that, you know, we're not comparing. So really what I'm trying to say here is that we all have clutter, but our clutter comes from different sources. Mm -hmm. So I would say you living in a smaller house with four people is a contributing factor to your clutter. Mm -hmm. So in that case, it's the house. 
I don't think I get to use that excuse quite so much. I will say how my house contributes to clutter is that we live in the middle of absolutely nowhere. We have to keep more stuff on hand and we have to keep more tools and things on hand because at any time we may need to ax our way out of a tree falling on our house or, you know, we have to keep a million different things here. So I think, you know, some of the way, really there are three contributing factors. It's your house, your heart, or your head. So your house could be things like too many people living in a small amount of space. Uh, maybe you are, you, you gave an example earlier about uh, having to stay in one, you know, four people in one bedroom. So, you know, have you ever had to do that? Yes. Yeah. Like okay, live a whole family in somebody's spare room. Well, I mean, we had to do that, you know, when we were evacuated for fire, we had oh, to, right. you know, camp us all out in Brian's mom's uh, house, but like not for right. a huge period of time. But, you know, I've, I had to have my cousin and her two children live in my, in one bedroom, in my two bedroom apartment, uh, because they were relocating to a different state and the house in the other state wasn't going to be ready for three months after oh. her lease was up in our state. Yeah. It didn't make sense for her to go month to month. She just lived with us, save three months of rent. But imagine, right? So they actually know we use the second bedroom for their as a storage unit for their stuff. They lived in my living room. Oh, my goodness. And oh, I lived in my crazy. bedroom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So having sometimes... You know, and I've been in this circumstance too. I I lived at my mom's house mm -hmm. and with my two kids when I was going through a divorce, having too many people in the amount of space there. I know some people who live in an RV. Um, I know people um, who, you know, are in the, you grew up in a studio apartment. I, mm -hmm. These are very challenging circumstances. And it doesn't mean that you don't work on your clutter. In fact, it means for your peace of mind and your sanity, you may have to work double time on your clutter mm -hmm. to, you know, people always want to go minimalist. Minimalist isn't really an easy way to live. It means you don't always have everything you need when you need it. Mm -hmm. And so to really think about that, but other things, uh, when we've gone through a remodel, and we only have a portion of our house to live in. That is a very clutter producing thing. Um, you know, you and I have both within the past five years had family with medical issues in their house mm -hmm. where they had a bed or equipment, things like that. That's a clutter producer. Uh, we know that there are real, real issues that produce clutter that are beyond our control. And so in those circumstances, you may need some help. You may need to get your... I, I think everybody in the family um, over the age of, you know, four or five is really responsible for clutter. If they're, you know, a, you mm -hmm. know, disregarding disabilities, things like that. But, yeah. um, you know, we're all in this together and we may need to redouble our efforts while we're going through circumstances like that. But I want to spend most of this podcast talking about. Uh, some of the heart and head issues behind our clutter mm -hmm. and how we can make a real difference in the um, head issues around clutter. But really, I want to start with the heart. Uh, and I want to find out from you, where do you see heart issues really causing clutter issues 
in our clutter-free academy group um so well i would you've worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. I think it's, you know, it's fear, guilt, and shame. But in general, it's the woulda, coulda, shouldas. Right? Mm -hmm. I should. Right? So, for instance, when Brian and I were early in our clutter-free journey, I really camped out into, I shouldn't have a clutter problem. This is the biggest house I've ever lived in. Okay. Right. Because right? yeah. I, I, I lived in a 500 square foot studio apartment with my mom. That's where I grew up most of my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, college dorm room, which was significantly smaller than that. And then, you know, little tiny apartments. And so when I married Brian and we had a 1300 square foot three bedroom, two bath home. It was like, why do I have clutter? I have so much space here. Mm-hmm. And then Brian was just, you know, Brian blamed the house for everything. The house was too small. It was too this, it was too that. Yeah. But what it came down to is we had more stuff than we had available space, but we also had too many past lives lived. That's mm-hmm. where our clutter was early on, right? Because I had my childhood stuff. I had my college age stuff, all that dorm room stuff. Like really, like I still need the milk crate. No, I don't need the milk crate, but I thought I needed the milk crate, the textbooks, the careers. And then you're just dumping it stuff on top of stuff on top of stuff. And you talk yourself into believing it's the house, but it's not. That was all heart. And we, we both grew up with parents who did not get rid of things. No. So, you know, that was never modeled for us. Mm-mm. And so how do you get rid of the things in your mm-hmm. house? No, you just hold on to them because what if you need it someday? Or, you know, the the thing that I really see in our group with heart is you're going to regret getting rid of that because that relationship, mm-hmm. you know, it's something. And I often see that people are holding on to things from relationships whether they're really, really wonderful or maybe more tragic. You know, right. I can't get rid of stuff from my dad because that's the only good thing I have from him. Exactly. Well, and also you brought this up not too long ago in the Clutter Free Academy group, um, why people have a hard time getting rid of stuff from their children's childhood is, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a physical manifestation of when your parenting relationship was less complicated. Yes, yes, yes. And boy, you know, I read a quote and I'll see, I, I think I can find it here. Yeah, so I mentioned this quote and we will find it for another episode. But one of the things it talked about was grieving the the people, the relationships, all of that, that we could have had with that child. You know, Mm -hmm. no child turns out exactly how you think they're going to. And there can be some natural disappointment in that. But uh, to be able to let go, you know, I think about how long I kept my daughter's cheerleading outfit. My daughter had no interest in cheerleading. She had, I mean, she did at the time, you know, for Mm -hmm. like 12 minutes, and then she was done with it. But I just remember, 
you know, I wanted to be a cheerleader. I was never a cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And then when she was excited about being a cheerleader, I was excited. And then I kept it for an unreasonable amount of time for somebody who's like, I would rather die than be a cheerleader. You know that. Yeah. So it's just those un those untied strings mm -hmm. in relationships that sometimes we just hang on to things a little too long. Mm -hmm. um, I know I did it with my ex-husband, not because I wanted him back, but because I grieved what that relationship could have been or should have been for our kids. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that there. Oh yeah. It's hard. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Okay. Now I want to talk about head. And when we were talking about, you know, figuring out this episode and uh, for a while, you know, you've been very busy in your life, Tanya. Mm -hmm. At one time you were working full time, going mm -hmm. to grad school and had a two year old. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was a good enough friend at the time to say, what are you doing? What? <laughs> I mean, I knew you, but I didn't know you really well. Yeah. What and we were doing? building clutter free Academy. That was in like the first year of Clutter Free Academy. I must have had some cognitive dissonance because I really liked you. Why would I let you do that? <gasps> but um, I'm sure at the time trying to find even 15 minutes to declutter. So, you know, at the time we were nothing in a box household. I made everything from scratch. If I could have talked Brian into buying me a grain mill, I would have milled my own flour for bread. So, and by awesome. the way, I make amazing roasted garlic rosemary focaccia, um, but I also haven't made it probably since then. So one of the things that I had to come to terms with is that beautiful walk-in pantry that was always full of staples was a complete waste. I had no time mm. to use those things. We right. shifted into much more of a convenience culture. I did some batch cooking and reheating, but... All, you know, the 10 pound sack of flour that became clutter in our home at that time because I had yeah. no reasonable way to use it. Mm -hmm. So that's an example of where I think, you know, there was head clutter. I was way over scheduled, but the truth yeah. is I wasn't quitting school at the time, right? I needed to push right. through. I wasn't quitting my job and I couldn't put the kids in a closet until I was ready right. for them. There so, was no quitting Abby. No. So I just had to make adjustments in our home to accommodate yeah. those two, that two year phase of life. But our house looked different then than it does now. And absolutely. And our house has to evolve with us, but the, before our house can evolve, our head has to evolve. Mm -hmm. And we have to think differently about our space and what we're doing. Uh, you know, the head, one of the things that also our thinking in the way of is that fear factor of, um, I need to keep all of my, financial records from the past three years or all my medical and dental records mm -hmm. without realizing, um, one, you don't need to keep all those financial records. Now check with your tax consultant because they're the professional. They know more than I do, but at most it's probably around seven. Um, you, my, all of my medical records are online now. I can, mm -hmm. I have access to them at any time. All my dental records have been, you know, I've got access to those anytime I want. So really, um, to stop living out of this place of fear, sometimes what we need are facts. Mm -hmm. We need an expert to tell us, this is really all you need, or this is what you need to do. And that can help us so mightily get out of that headspace. Mm -hmm. um, 
Tanya, this has been so good because I think when we start to understand where our clutter is coming from, we can start to address it in real ways. And you may not be able to adjust your house right now, but you may be able to adjust your attitude. And a lot of that can be heart and head situations to just think about things in a different way or train yourself to learn to feel about things in a different way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can make a huge difference. Okay, friends, this has been a great episode. Tanya, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. And friends, thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Clutter Free Academy. I'm Kathy Lip. And now go create the clutter free life you were always intended to live. <music>